I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hey, everyone. Hello and welcome. Uh, If you're new to this podcast, welcome. I'm Michelle, and I hope you find a home here, a second home, a new home a home to add to your other homes. Anyway, I hope you find comfort here, insight, understanding, and a place to connect and um, perhaps even get some information that's useful or helpful to you on your soul path. Um, Those of you that have been on this path for a while with this uh, community and podcast, welcome back. Great to connect as always. Uh, If you're new, you can listen in the chat. You can listen by phone. You can listen uh, by computer. And you can listen to the archives later, the replays on all podcast platforms, uh, specifically Spotify, iHeart, what else is there, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, The number to listen and or call in is 347-539-5122 and press 1 on your keypad. And if you press 1 on your keypad, that lets me know that you have a question, a comment, or you want a reading. You want to chat. You want to talk, which I love people calling in. I also want to give a big hug and thank you, thank you, thank you uh, to those of you that have so kindly uh, left great support, comments um, on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify, five stars, you know, even for the effort. I do appreciate people going Um, And I do appreciate the five-star. It's not for my ego, gang. It helps other people find us. It helps the algorithm. And, you know, it is nice sometimes to get um, appreciation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all. Um, Also, I want to thank all of you that have subscribed to Soul Awakening uh, uh, on Patreon, that you have joined the Patreon community if you want to do a deeper dive into metaphysics. Uh, spiritualism, spirituality, uh, esoteric studies, occult studies. Um, that includes everything from you know astrology, metaphysics, divination, uh, channeling. Um, I could go on, but you can take a look and see if it's something that resonates. And also want to let people know, thank you for those who have subscribed and let people know about Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube as well as Awakenings with Michelle Mache on YouTube also. So that's another way that you can um, connect. And we are we have plans to connect with other people, other more, um, you know, communities, uh, podcasts. So if that's something that you're interested in, in doing, please join us. Join us. Join. And if you have guest su- suggestions or topic suggestions, 
please email awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. So uh, we have a great segment today. Um, we have a looks like a really good author. Uh, I really want to pick her brain, Ellen Everett Hopman, at the second half of the program where we dive in. Um, do our awakening dialogue. Um, she's a master herbalist and homeopath and been a Druid initiate since 1984, which I'm very curious about that because I was involved in some Druid ritual and ceremonies when I lived in England. So uh, novice that I am, don't know much. I was very blessed uh, to be able to be included in some. So I'm a bit fanning out. All right, so we're going to talk to her and about her most recent book. And uh, do if you have questions for her, you can also call in when she gets on. So usually if you're new, top of the program, I answer some questions that either I've gotten from the guides, channeling, um, and questions that people have emailed me. So that's something that people can do also. You can email me questions and um or you know dm me the best thing is email awakeningspodcast at gmail.com or you could put it in the comments on my instagram the profile like um because i really don't check the dms that much or youtube uh soul insights and tarot or awakenings with michelle mache podcast because i do look at the comments i really I, I feel it's very important to just at least read and acknowledge what people have to say so i'm very big on on that so i will most likely see stuff again three four seven five three nine five one two two is the number so i want to just connect in with a couple of things i'm going to share and then we're going to get to callers because um, i feel it's really important to touch on this with everything that's going on right now and what i can tell you is we are in the root awakening and it's just the beginning of that in the soul alignment with what is illusion or not truth falls away and even if you look at it on a surface level this whole idea of non-binary which you do need the binary for creation but creation creates in multiplicity right that metaphysical axiom um, out of the one comes the many, and from the many is the one. Contemplate that, and you will see. So as we align more to the soul individually and as a collective, wherever people are at vibrationally, it hits you differently. This whole idea, what, what helps the soul alignment is truth, transparency. And I don't mean left, right, you know, green, blue, wrong, right, evil, good we've been living in that binary uh which is a, let's just say it a myopic view we've been living in a limited view that there's a there's a devil and then there's god and so it, it and it's because if you don't embrace the two and integrate those two energies and i don't mean devil by something bad evil I, i'm thinking it has that connotation from more doctrinized um, religions um but the devil, if you look through in metaphysics, Capricorn, when you understand that energy, the Capricorn, the goat, you understand manifestation on the earth plane. So let's just say there could be people or groups that don't want everybody to know really how the 
the world works. That, that's why a lot of this information was kept secret, but a lot of it is coming out now into the into maybe not full mainstream world, but un, with enough people studying and doing deep dives and working with mentors and teachers or having their own awakening and just remembering information or knowledge. So remember, anytime we're stuck in the, in the, in the polarity, if we're stuck in one extreme, one pole of the polarity, we are at a lower vibrational consciousness and awareness. And usually it is only seeing through the ego, ego personality, or some type of wounding or some type of, some, that creates some kind of condition response patterns. So you're going to see, especially between now and 2030, a lot of contrast because different aspects of the pole are electrically being charged right now. And that's why years ago, I think 2010, my guide started guiding me saying, look, try not to say good or bad, you know, or negative or positive, because we need the negative pole. We need the negative charge, which is the, the opening, the void. It's the womb. It's the feminine. But we've, we've been taught that the negative is bad, you know, that only focus on the electrical or the masculine. So we need both the electrical and the magnetic aspect because we're electrical and magnetic. So therefore, we need the poles of what is positive and what is negative or what is the womb, the vacuum, the void, the, the becoming. But the becoming isn't always, you know, not so certain. So I would suggest looking at contrast in your own life. Try to either understand it or and or just accept it and let it, un, and let it unfold and Come from a place of and and both. That's how, where the higher vibrational frequency is and. You know, we learn this even in manifesting. When you have something, let's say you want a different job, it's to say, okay, this job is helping me and I want another job or I want a different job or I want a different, you know, whatever it is that you, that you want. Then you don't negate that energy and minimize it. You actually begin to connect into it and harness it to use. So the truth and the transparency, and I want you to know that truth is, there is always an ultimate truth. I know a lot of people say that it's not. There is, yes, there is um, relative truth, and there is also a truth that comes, that you feel in your body, that it, what is most life-enhancing. So that could be truth in any situation, right? So... That's something that's going to be highlighted. And also to look at transparency. And I had to look that up because in my session today with the guides, they said there is an illusion of belonging because a lot of people don't feel they belong, whether on this planet or they don't have a sense of purpose. Deeper purpose. I mean purpose beyond a group, about or beyond a, a cause just an innate purpose for being here. And when people don't have that, this is where you get bullies. This is where you get peer pressure. When people don't feel an innate reason for being, you know, as well as an innate joy. And believe me, I've had horrendous experiences, which will come, that'll be in my book someday, one of my books, um, or have had depression. But somehow I always had a sense of joy, even when I was depressed, because I had a connection to source, to God, to the all that is, no matter what my circumstances. And that doesn't mean that I didn't get upset or mad or angry or feel, you know, apathetic or depressed. All of that human experience. 
but it was the connection. And some of you may feel that connection through your art, through your music, through gardening, through cooking, through what you do. It's that, it's that connection that you feel when no one is around, where you feel a something, something is around you, a presence. You feel that presence within you. And that doesn't come from rhetoric. That doesn't come from fanaticism. That doesn't come from religion. Religion can't give that to you. It can, it can foster it. It can support that. But it's something within you. And it is the soul, to be honest. It, it, is, it is not feeling alone because you have that soul connection. You have an interconnectedness to everything and everyone. And, and do we fall in and out of that sometimes? Yes, definitely. It has to be you know, fostered. So the transparency means having the property or transmitting light without appreciable scattering so that bodies lying beyond can be seen or clearly or whatever it is can be seen clearly. Sheer enough to be seen. Frank, honest, without pretense, easily detected, readily understood, visibility, accessibility, but with truth and transparency comes accountability. I remember in one of my uh, mentoring programs with one of my metaphysical teachers, and we were studying very complex uh, information. And he said, if you can't explain it in a sentence, you don't know it. So even though there can be complexities, and we're complex individuals, we're complex beings, we're not complicated. There are basic principles, but what happens is it gets covered up with conditioned response patterns, intellectualizing, scapegoat. There's all kinds of defense mechanisms. There's all kinds of sleight of hand so that we don't get to the simple truth. And once we get to the simple truth, we can have accountability and responsibility, and then we can open up dialogues. There's a lot going on in the earth right now that is, it's, it's more than a podcast. It's more than a few sound bites. And people have asked me, and I've talked about accountability, and then I've actually heard on other podcasts, uh, let's say academics talking about, and, and healing, talking from a healing place. When we're accountable, and, and I think this is why, uh, I always call it AAA, but AA works. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like AA um, but a lot of people do, and, and a lot of people don't like the meetings, but they say, hey, that those 12 steps really work. Because when I got to, you know, I had to hand it over. I mean, that's a very spiritual practice, hand it over to the higher self. I think they hand it over to their higher power, it's called. Um, but handing it over beyond the ego, the source, the God, to the all that is. And sometimes that takes a while to get out of that, you know, extreme polarity ping pong. But that whole step of having to take accountability to say, look, this is what I did or this is what happened or this is what this government did, this is what this nation did, this is what this um, society did, this is what, um, you know, colonization did, right? This is, this, is what, this is what the invader-dominator culture. Just to acknowledge and this is why even in some prisons, they have that program, and it's atonement program. I don't remember exactly what it's called. I've seen a few documentaries on it and in interviews where the perpetrators of certain crimes have not just 
half-assed apologize for what they did, but asked the person that they perpetrated the crime on, you know, what did they go through? They tried to get understanding. And, of course, this is with genuine remorse. Once that happens, you know, very often people just want to be acknowledged. It's, you know, I have this in some of my processing, the five-step emotional clearing process. I took 20 years of research of what people really need. Where is that wounding? Well, the original separation, feeling separated from God or source or the, all that is, and then that gets perpetrated with that belonging button. And not being listened to, heard, acknowledged and understood. And there's processes with that, uh, within hypnotherapy and within the the uh, process that I cr- created with that uh, from different studies, tradition, you know, different um, modalities that I s- studied and trained in. And so until we can do that, and let me tell you folks, because I've been doing a lot of deep dives, I've been doing a lot of videos on this, you know, I saw the pandemic coming in 2017, war on people. Anyway, I don't want to go on and on, but if you listen to my earlier podcasts, I've been, there's a lot I've been predicting. And this isn't about prediction, it's about preparation. And this is why my guide said back in 2009, teach people how to connect to their inner knowing, their own intuition, their own gut, to, to reclaim that. Because when we've been victimized, and a lot of us have been victims, whether emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, all kinds of abuses, right? Um, societal, marginalized, those things dent our feeling, our intuition. And they make us vulnerable to outside authority where we don't bring the information into ourselves and go, hmm, let me feel that out. Let me think about that. How do I feel? Let me research that and see all the all sides of the truth as much as I can find, whether books, online, you know, people, podcasts, biographies, autobiographies, documentaries. Let me let and then let me bring it back into me and see how that resonates for me. It's very powerful when we can live more that way. Yes, it takes a bit more time. It's not a quick fix. You might be on the out sometimes from friends or family members or society as a whole. But it does feel good to know your own truth and know at the end of the day that you did what was really truthful. And I don't mean fanatic truth. I don't mean truth that is created by an outside source or a group. Not even me. My podcast, I tell the people that study with me or train with me or do workshops or that are in Patreon, take what I say but bring it into yourself. If it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Or some parts do, some parts don't. Yes, that takes more time and that takes more responsibility. So there's going to be a lot of uncovering of what's really been going on. And most people are going to be faced, especially if you're you're in that process of deeper healing and the soul alignment, where it's not about choosing sides. Because both sides, there's always something right or right within them or some kind of motivation, usually by emotions or feelings. It may not be rational. But to see what's the bigger orchestration, what is being orchestrated behind the scenes and for what reason. 
And those are usually behind the scenes, even though people say, oh, it's a complex because it has to do with this group or this part of society or this government or the steering committee or the cabal. It has to do with the media. It has to do with oil. Yeah, all those things, but power control money. And people that don't feel empowered within themselves, again, connected to source, when you feel that connection to source, when you feel that you are creative, artistic, when you feel you feel the universe within you, you don't feel the need to invade and conquer or pit people against each other. Those are all, I don't care how many billions of dollars somebody has or how big of a corporation or a government, if they are acting like that, they are coming from the wounded aspect of their personality, their ego. They're coming from a condition response pattern. They are stuck in a developmental stage, probably somewhere between two and five. And that's the psychological truth of it. But that's what we have right now. That's, that's what we have kind of running the show. But we don't have to feed into it. And this is why so much shadow work, this is why things are really coming together for people to see what is the truth beyond A and B, 1 and 2, right? What is the truth beyond the extremes of the polarity, one end of the polarity or the other? What is the greater truth? And so to get to that visibility and accessibility, you do have to rest in the center of awareness and somehow see that bigger picture. That is one of the things also that these eclipses are bringing in. We have the annular solar eclipse on the 14th, Aries-Libra or Libra-Aries, I should say Libra-Aries, conjunct the south node, October 28th, the last lunar eclipse, Taurus-Scorpio. You're going to see more revealed Eclipses as an energetic principle of us, they're not doing anything to us. It's just an aspect of what's happening and, in a sense, augments or or supports. People focus a lot on what it takes away, but it also takes away blinders in any area of your life and in life in general. And I can just say without diving too deep into it, and those of you that are into astrology, if you want me to go into it more, I will, talk about this again a lot on my Patreon in my Patreon community it's the general of how we live how we live the patterning is changing and so therefore it is important to go back in time even into ancient time because the patterning that we've had on this planet has been since time immemorial <laughs> beyond written beyond written, and for sure, you know, definitely in in written history, but this victim-abuser, master-slave, indominator, right? Indominator, the dominator, right? Dominator-invader culture, but also the culture of non-responsibility. Not being responsible for what you could see or potentially see if you asked and you really looked. But it's easier to do the formula. It's easier to go with the crowd or the herd. It's easier to go with the narrative that is being broadcast or the cool narrative or the hip narrative. 
So it's interesting time. Now, when I say all this, what it's also doing to get out of this constricted view, it's trying to widen our viewpoint to have a wider view, which means more expansive view, which means a more aware view, a, more, a higher consciousness or more conscious view, more consciousness. And that's what's trying to be birthed. That, well, not trying, it is, is being birthed. But we have to go through these extremes and through the contrast. And so you're going to be seeing a lot more extreme behavior, ideology, censoring. Um, you know, I've said it all along on this podcast, and again, because I just spoke what I was channeling and what I was seeing. It's, you're going to have to find your way by your own inner compass and understand your psychological you so that you understand your own psychological needs, your own emotional wounding, so you know when you're reacting from that place or are you aligning to the higher self, connecting to the soul for the higher vibrational frequency. So it's an interesting time. Because on the other side of this, we're going to be soul beings. There's a whole different type of game that will be happening on this earth plane that really honors the individuality and the uniqueness of the soul and of what we're doing here, what we're, what we're doing here, expressing ourselves as a soul being, as, a, as God in this form, as the all that is in this form. The vibrational frequency and the complex or aggregate um, energy, frequency, that is within us. So we're both in the time period of the breaking down, that Kali Yuga, the breaking down and the building up. And I said it's like having two cars in a garage and you're trying to put, or you know, one car in a garage and you're trying to pull that car out and drive another car in at the same time. If it doesn't happen with care, both cars are either going to get scraped or they're going to get stuck. And that's kind of where we're moving right now. The cars are getting stuck. And one wants to go in and one wants to go out. And one wants to, do, they want to do it at the, you know, the exact same time without taking into account the other vehicle. That, that mode of living. So I hope that gives some insight um, to those that emailed me about my take on what's going on. I can answer more direct questions. But I feel like just kind of, sharing what I'm receiving, kind of having a food for thought. And I want to hear what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're going through. And how are you, what are you doing? How are you navigating? Let's see in the chat. Oh, yeah, Bob, I am totally responsible for this life that I do create. Mm, wow, Bob, my healing was not complete until I could forgive my abusers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, even that occurs in this life that I do create holds a lesson for me. Yeah, well, we're always learning, or the potential is there. But you're going to find in the new paradigm with the new emerging consciousness, our main focus will not be about learning. That's kind of been a misnomer. That's, that's a byproduct of what we're doing here. But what about expressing joy, the joy for life, whatever your circumstances is finding that joy 
in perhaps the small things. And that happens more easily when you have a recognition or understanding of who you are spiritually and who you are as a soul being and a unique being and how you fit in. It's, it's kind of simple because when we make it about outer reasons, outer missions, then that's where things can get a little mucky and we can be kind of led astray, right? But when I understand me as an individual is needed and necessary, is, is it important, even if I don't understand totally why, but the, the jigsaw puzzle that I am, the soul design, the soul matrix that I am, the vibrational frequency that I hum at, Is, is, is making the world go round. <laughs> also, you know, all of us, all of us. Yeah, the age of integrity is overcoming the age of power. Woof, Bob, yeah. All right, let's get to callers. I love you guys so much. I'm so honored and just proud to be here with you and humbled at the same time. And I just um, i am glad that I have this time with you. Every Wednesday or almost every Wednesday. Call in number 347-539-5122. Press 1 on the keypad. Hi, you're on air. Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi, you're on air. Who am I talking yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear. This is Shil. I'm, I had the speakerphone. I was trying to take it off. I'm sorry about that. Oh, oh, it's Shil. Uh, Did you say a Shil? A she? A Shil, yes. A Shil. Hi, a Shil. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I have a question for you. I have this crush on someone that I spoke to just twice. And um, mm-hmm. the first time everything went well, we spoke, you know, everything went well. And that was last week. And there's a little situation that happened, so we, we didn't really speak after that. And um, Monday, uh, you know, I decided to be the bigger person and apologize and explain myself what happened. So, and, you know, and I was told, oh, don't worry about it, it's okay, you know. So my question to you is, how does that person feel? Because as of Monday, I realized there's a strong attraction, at least for me. So. Okay, say so what happened now? Because I feel like they just want to be friends, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we just met. We didn't, you know, I just, you know. Oh, what what happened? Well, what happened is if, well, after the first time we we spoke. And then uh, two days wow. later, we went into each other, uh, to, to each other. I was, I was trying to say hello, but I was pretty much kind of ignored a little bit. But, uh, what I did is I, I let, left it alone. And then, again, two days later, the same thing happened. It was the person approached me, and I did the same thing to them. I ignored them. So that's why uh, a week later I decided, okay, let's just talk about it and, you know, just put an end to the, you know, the nonsense and move on. Yeah, but they've kind of, well, let's see. I feel like they want, I'm not sure they're vibing with a, 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 a different type of relationship. I feel like it's either just friends or something lighter. Does that make sense? Let's see. What's the best, let's look at the best approach. I'm not sure. I mean, the first time we were getting so long, so I don't know if I, the fact that we both ignore each other is going to mess up the whole thing or whatever, you know, even if it's friendship or just, like you know, whatever it is. Or is it really, you know, because they tell me, don't worry about it. You know, it could be fine. So I don't know. You know, sometimes people just see things. So. Right. Some people, I guess I'm not understanding your question, Michelle. My question is, are we still going to be able to talk after this? 
or that down, you know, that year. It doesn't feel strong. That well, okay. It does show communication. Do you have their number? No. Yeah, we just met, and this situation happened. To ignore, you know, that's all. Like, okay, I don't know if I should just leave it alone, or you know, just give you more time. Yeah, and what did you? And what did you do? I guess I'm not understanding what you did. We both ignore each other. We both. <laughs> you know, when somebody oh, comes from. Oh, you both did. I thought it was. Yeah. Van- okay. I thought it they was. Did it van- first, and that- you said- they, they did it first, and they did it after that. It was almost like to teach them a lesson, you know what I mean? So. No, yeah, but don't do that, Ashil. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, either talk to someone, hey, do you want to hang out? Yes, no. If they don't, then move on or check. The, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's why I get kind of friends or back and forth, or you could see them. You could talk to them again. I don't feel a real strong connection. Here's what I see psychically. I see okay. coming cl- close and then boom, like 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 a, a like the magnet that pushes away. So both of you have tr- are trust issues or something's going on there. With um, here's the thing. I feel they are interested in someone else, or they were dating someone else. I feel you were interested in someone else also, but so both of you yeah. kind of have someone else on your mind is what I'm being shown, but yet you're like, well, maybe I should go out with someone. And so both of you aren't really in totally to meeting someone new. You both are like kind of get trying to get over that other person and bring in a new relationship, but you're not totally over it and also you're not trusting because the previous relationship didn't go anywhere. So you both are mirroring each other. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's true because I was kind of talking to somebody else before that. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And you kind of had so your heart on that. So what you did is you've attracted someone that, like, your, tract, your tractor beams are beaming, bouncing against each other and moving each other apart. So I don't feel this is the one. I feel like you have to get clear, you know, on I really want someone next. This one isn't working. I'm fully showing up. And don't play games. You know, there's a way to still have your dignity and your respect. If someone's ignoring you, you just, you know, say what, you know, what, what's going on here. Truth yeah, and transparency. I mean, that, was, that was a lesson learned. I, I should have been, even though it was done to me, I should have said the next time I was approached, I should have said, hey, are you okay? Because last time I tried to say hello to you, it seemed to be you know, a little No, don't even, no, 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 don't oh, get really? into the story. Okay. You, no, not because, okay, here's the okay, deal. Okay. Unless you're already, unless you're already in a relationship, then it becomes like a therapy session. Do you see okay. what I'm saying? People, okay. because, yeah. okay, you know something's, I just told you psychically what's going on and you agree. So, yeah. You obviously know your 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 spidey sense, your intuition tells you something's going on with this person. And usually, when people do this, they either are dating multiple people, they're sort of into us or not that much, or they're into us but their heart is still with somebody else. And so it's up to you then how you want to deal with it, and then see what their actions show. Because they may say, oh, no, I'm okay, nothing's wrong, I've had a lot on my mind, or, you know, they're going to give you a little story. 
So, yeah. So, yeah. So I feel once you get clearer on where you're at and this kind of past relationship kind of gets out of the, you know, more out of the way, then it's going to be easier for you to attract someone. And I I feel that it's somebody that starts more as a friend and develops more slowly. Or you might date and then nothing and then back around and then, you know, there's, there's a pacing to it. But still, should be open to this in terms of even just a friendship or an acquaintance part of it, or should just shut the door completely. What is your into? What does your gut tell you? What does your heart tell you? My gut is telling me just, uh, just be patient. Regardless, you can always have a friend or whatever. You know what I mean? Or an acquaintance. That's what, instead of just yeah. shutting the door. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's what my gut is telling me. Yeah, I would say if you. If you go, okay, I just want someone to date or hang out with, see where it goes, or go to the whatever, whatever you're going to do, then fine. It's all it's always about us. It goes back to our expectation of what's going on. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? So I think if you get yeah. clear on that, I mean, definitely in my past, I dated guys that I knew wasn't going to go anywhere or wasn't going to get married. I was just like, okay, this is fun. This is nice. I enjoy the company. I enjoy being out and about, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So it always has to do with us. Where are we at and what do we want? Yeah. And if if we don't want that um, or we think that person by their behavior is going to be a bit flaky, then that's another decision. But I, I just think want this to know, is going to be uh, – Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, I can't tell you that. I could tell you what to do by psychically, but that's not – that's going to kind of cheat you. <laughs> What I can yeah, tell but you what I, is what, what is going to what's say, going yeah. on. What you, what's, I can yeah. tell you what's going on in the situation, and you already confirmed that this is exactly what's happening, and now you can decide by your intuition, by your gut, by your spidey sense, by your heart, what is right action for you to do. But did that person get offended when I did the same thing to them? Yes, like you, you're questioning, but both of you are not ready. You both have stuff going on, okay. you know, past relationship okay. and not wanting to get hurt and also not in it. Because I can tell you, if that person that you were previously dating came back and said, yeah, I want to date you, you would drop this person like a hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> People pick up on that, and you're picking up on that with her. Yeah, but the thing is also that, you know, she saw us talking a few times before, you know, so maybe they just really knew, okay, you have somebody in your life. I don't know. Let's, let's well, sometimes we get people that mirror where we're at. Sometimes we get people, and so it brings an understanding like, oh, that they're at a similar place. Sometimes people can acknowledge that and talk about that, and then that starts a, a more true, transparent and truthful relationship. But people have to be okay. honest where they're at. Yeah. All right, Ashil, yeah. good luck. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on air. Hello, hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm feeling good. Who is this? This is Marlena. Hi, Marlena. Hello, hello. 
Hi, I'm calling. I was wondering um, if you pick up anything or you can't pick up anything. Me and my husband have been, um, like, exploring investments and, like, just trying to build together. And we're just, Mm -hmm. we keep going back and forth between, like, which route of investment we really, you know, are leaning towards. Um, So I was just wondering if you see anything just about us building and, like, future investments together. Yeah, I do. I think you're going to do it. Yeah, you're going to pull the trigger and do it, do the investment. Is that what you want to Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we go back and forth between, like, if it's real estate investing or if it's just, um, like, stocks and bonds and compounding and everything. Yeah, like that, that kind of thing is not really a – that's more of a, a private session kind of thing for me to tune in on. I wouldn't want to just do it in, like, a quick, you know – yeah, a quickie, quickie, quickie kind of question. Okay, and in terms of in terms of living arrangements, like living location and everything, do you see us at any point in the future moving or relocating? Okay, that's a good one. Let me see. Oh, yeah, and you're going to actively start looking, I would say, at the, uh, November. November, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do feel a move. I feel like a complete, without getting totally into detail, but I do feel like a complete um, lifestyle change and a new plan of action is what I'm hearing. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I don't know what you're doing now, but, yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's a, re- it's like, it's like going on a, on a road and there's, it, it veers off to the, you know, one side or the other and you're like, okay, we're going down this, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, this is what we're putting in place. Yeah. So if you've been, so there'll be some kind of strong determinism coming in, definitely. Okay, and you think that's more like November-ish? Well, I think you're going to, st- I don't I don't think that that's the end-all be-all. I think that you're going to start, um Look, you know, making it more definite, putting more focus and intention to it. Okay. Do you see okay. anything overseas? All right, Marlena. I've got to go to the next one. Thanks for calling in. Because. Thanks. Hi, you're on air. I think we're going to limit it to one quick question because you're on air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome. It's Nancy. Who is it? Nancy. Nancy. Angie, Angie. Uh, Angie, Angie. Hi, Angie. For some reason, you're going to have to speak a little louder, turn the mic up. Okay, Angie. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, so I just had a birthday on Saturday. And (sighs) I'm just happy birthday. Thank you. I think I'm in the year six now, so I was kind of just wondering if. My guys. Angie, 
Yeah. Yeah, your phone is going wiggling in and out. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So, Did yeah. you hear my question? No, not at all. Your phone cut out. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, well, I was just curious, um, since I'm going into a year six, if, if any messages. Well, your phone keeps... Angie... Can you hear me? Angie, now I can. Your phone keeps cutting out. Oh, I heard I you're in a six. I heard that. Yes. Can I have any like messages, guys, regarding that year? Okay. And what type of? Okay, so there's definitely some kind of change in in work or career. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a big focus for you this year. Um, and I would look at the sub-numbers also. That's going to give you more information and in how it goes. Yeah, you're um, – and again, uh, okay, there could be something with online, doing something online or something somebody overseas or study where you're um, you could even be meeting someone online or overseas also, either, either partner or I don't know if it's going to be partner or or personal uh, kind of relationship. But you're also falling in with where a lot of people are at, where there's going to be um, big changes into how, where and how you live, you know, mm. lifestyle, which – Definitely, you know, it's either career or how you do your career and or job. And, um, yeah. So focus a lot on what fulfillment, emotional fulfillment, what fulfills you, not, not just the financial aspect, but things that bring emotional fulfillment. And that's something that you're creating in that sixth cycle has a lot to do with home, house, domesticity, uh, could be real estate. It's synergy, alignment, uh, Paying attention to synchronicities, what brings harmony, what harmonizes oneself. So that's that's if you use that as your navigation or bring that into how your decision making, your navigation, then you'll be in alignment with the cycle and with your soul. All right, Angie. Happy birthday. Take care. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to try to get because I want to get to everyone, and we're we're getting. Let's see. Uh, hi, you're on air. Hello. Hi, Michelle. Hi, can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can. Hi. Everybody's sounding Hi. kind of quiet. Yeah. So oh. Speak. Yeah. What's your question? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, better. how are you? I'm. Um, I have a question about. What's your um, name? Regarding. Hi. What's your name? Oh, Sonia. This is Sonia. Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. My question is. <laughs> my question is regarding um, my husband's work and job we had some news come through and i wondered if anything picked up on i guess security is he changing positions or going in a different position showing cooperation so something one thing could be completing in another beginning if that makes sense well he's beginning um a new a new position 
the last couple months hmm. and wondering if okay, it's going to continue or, or if, if there's a change. That's what I just see, that it's continuing. Okay. He's starting some okay. things, so I don't know if something ended and then a new one began, but yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Thank you. There's your confirmation. It's continuing. All right. Thank you All very right, much. Sonia, big hug. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Higher on air. Hi. Higher on air. Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is and I would like to hello. I would like to know is it better to me for me to be with angel guidance and people or with animals? Re uh talking with animals, reading animals. Okay. Angel guidance is coming in strong. Hmm. The angel guidance feels stronger or more aligned, but I do feel like you working with animals, you do there's something that you learn and there's something very transformative. So you can do both, integrate both. Um I almost feel like you get some information. Something else is relayed to you through the animal beings um, that is transformative for you. That makes sense for you. It does. I love them. They, oh, they, tell you, yeah. they tell you and show you what they are. They don't have a hidden agenda. <laughs> yeah. So it's very transformative you and very healing. So I would I would work with both. I love working with animal beings um, as a psychic channel and then as a, you know opening and being able to communicate what they're thinking and feeling. And so I get you. I can feel you with that. And I think that you it's a it's a very transformational experience for you. You learn a lot. There's a lot of heart opening and heart connection. So I wouldn't limit yourself. All right, Barbara? All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Big hug to you, and and thank you for the work you do. Thank you. Hi, you're on air. Hi, ma'am. I love talking to you. Um, My name's Tina Colorado. Hi, Hi, Tina. Hello. I listen to you. I love your energy. It's it's so cheerful. Uh, I can feel it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel feel good. I feel everyone's love. Feel the love. Yeah. Question, please. Um, so I, I have a male friend, well, male close friend, and uh, just like to know, like, when, when like, uh, you seen I have some form of contact with him again? Thank you. Okay. Well, you definitely are going to connect again. I kind of feel like it could be a very relaxed or you could meet out and about. Or it's, it's, it's showing it's not like a formal, I don't feel formal dating or kind of something formal set up. Um, you guys could talk spirituality, spirit. Um, I'm not getting an exact time. I couldn't tell you it's tomorrow or whatever. It almost feels like by chance. Are, are they out of the? Because I hear I'm going to be in the area, so I don't know if are are you two in different areas? Mom, yes, no, we're two different areas, and he said something about coming to 
the 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 state next to my state. I don't know that I don't know if he's going to be coming to my area. Well, it might be then because I hear him saying I'm going to be in the area, you know, or I'm in this area, something about the area. So you could have a chance, kind of last minute, to connect with him, you know, out and about, and um, but you know, I don't. It doesn't show exactly when. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you have a guitar? Uh, it doesn't show. Yeah. You, okay. So um. Uh. So my the phone call. That's it, you, sweetie. I need to go on because I have a couple more, Thank and I want to make sure I want to see our guests. But I'm here next yeah. week also. All right, Tina. Big hug. Take care. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. You're so Bob in the queue. Let me know your number because we're winding out. Hi, you're on air. Hey, Miss. Hi, Michelle. This is Nadia. Lydia? Hi. Nadia. 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 Hi, Nadia. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I am wondering if I put out an album this past spring and haven't been able to tour it and really haven't had that strong desire, but I have some guilt about it or feelings of obligation that I should be doing that. I'm wondering if you see me doing that next year or if you see me doing it with a different project. Specifically wondering if you see me touring my music, I guess, whether it's this album or something I feel it's next year. I feel you're still involved in a lot of prep right now. Um. You could, at the close of the year, do some kind of concert or something group, kind of something small is what I'm hearing. But I feel that there's a bigger plan or project or you're going to be part of a bigger project that's going to take more planning. And that feels like next year, Nadia. Okay? Okay. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey. Hi, you're on air. (laughs) G'day, Michelle. How are you, darling? G'day, Bob. Hello, Bob. <laughs> What's your question yeah. or sharing? Um, my question is I'm seeking a spiritual explanation for what feels like, for me, like chronic fatigue. Mm, okay. Let's see. And is it something I should be worried about? Because I don't feel worried. I just, <laughs> I just, I'm yeah, in love with sleep. Bit... Yeah. <laughs> well, the first, well, a lot of people, a lot of light workers, a lot of people channeling a lot of energy, also doing a lot of other work on the earth plane. I do feel your the energy around you. I feel is the simplifying or going back to the simplifying and having to do less and letting the energy build back up again. To let to renew, so you are in a, a, a renewal phase, um, a revitalization phase energetically. So you, my my sense is what I'm seeing in the past. You put out a lot of energy into something, so you're renewing. I'm also hearing music, and I see a boat, time on the boat, and something with music. That so it's it's and also allowing others to give to you. I feel like right around uh, end of November, 26th of November, things you you get it in a different groove and things start feeling better. 
Well, that's great, Michelle. Should, should I be concerned about some recent um, medical information I've been given? Okay. Well, see, I can't get into all that on online oh. on air. I got it. I got to do that privately, honestly. Yeah. But if you're, if it is taking some kind of prescription, or you know, and I mean that whether, you know, something with doctors. I feel if you do that plus the rejuvenation, the renewal of the body, things that tonify and build the body back up, that things will go well. Okay? Yeah, thanks. I hope that helps. You're welcome. Yeah. Big hug. Big hug. See you on the water. Bye. Ciao, ciao. All right, time for our Awakening Dialogue. I'm very excited to bring Ellen Everett Hoffman on, Master Herbalist and Homeopath. Hello, Ellen. Welcome. Oops, are you on air? Let's see. Switchboard has a weird. Ellen, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. you're on air. <laughs> Can you hello? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I said I said at the beginning of the podcast I'm fanning out when I read, oh my gosh, all your information. Uh, first, let's have everyone know author of a lot of books, but most recent Sacred Herbs of the Yule and Christmas, which lots of goodies there. But a member of the Great Council of Magus and Sages, and Druids. Love it. <laughs> I had, so I don't know where to start, where you want to start, but I have to ask some questions of that and, and, and perhaps bring more awareness to our listeners. I had way back when, when I was living in England, I was very, 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 very lucky, fortunate, blessed to be a part of a secret ritual, a druid ritual. I mean, very, very... I can't even explain it or see it. Um, I was around for part of it and then out like a light and transformed. Anyway, it was around the holidays, uh, Capricorn time. So novice study, some experience, um, but just feel there's so much knowledge there, so much wisdom Um that we don't know about, you know, or is it as broadly known um, about. So I definitely would love to know about how you came into being doing what you're doing. (laughs) Well, I've had two life paths running simultaneously. Um, One is Mm. that I'm a writer and author, and I've been doing that since the early 80s. And oh, the other is okay. The, yeah, and then the other. Well, there's three life paths. Okay, so there's the writing yeah. part. Um, I've been herbalist. an herbalist since 1983, and I've been a druid since oh. 1984 officially. So I've been around the block a few times. I've been wow. doing this for a while. Um, I've traveled to Ireland a number of times. I've been to Scotland a number of times. Uh, spent a whole summer there. Um, been to England a number of times. I've met um, many of the, you know, the main uh, Druid leaders. In fact, I have a book out um, called "A Legacy of Druids: Conversations with Druid Leaders in 
the USA, mm-hmm. Canada, and Britain. Um, and uh, yeah, so I <clears throat> those three pursuits all at the same time. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. But how did you? How did you? Um, well, first of all, writer, author, because you are prolific. Um, you know, in your writing, I was looking at the li- list of books. Um, how did you? Where did? What did you start writing first? I would say. What did? What was? What were you drawn to first? And then how did you segue into what you're doing now? Well, what happened was I was actually working on my master's degree, believe it or not, in oh. in uh, counseling at the University of Massachusetts, and um, I I had been living further south. I lived in Philadelphia before that, and uh-huh. so I came up to New England, and the growing season was so short here, and I just couldn't believe it. Um, in Philadelphia, we had roses until December, for example. Here, wow. where I, I, I'm still in Massachusetts, but um, you can't plant anything until after Memorial Day because of frost, and then the the growth period ends in the beginning, usually around the second week of September. Um, and that, so that's it. You, you have basically three and a half, four months, if you're lucky, to grow anything. And I just couldn't picture how people lived here. It just didn't make sense to me. So I I was living in the woods, and I just looked out the window one day, and I said, hmm, I bet it has something to do with the trees. And I immediately went to a bookstore to try to find a book about how to eat trees. <laughs> I mean, it's, I had this idea. I'm going to – I bet people were eating the trees, you know. That was my thought. So I went to various bookstores, couldn't find anything, went to the science uh, library at the University of Massachusetts. They had nothing there. So, I mean, there were little essays, individual essays here and there about maybe one tree, but nothing comprehensive. So then I had a very illogical leap of uh, thought, and I said, well, if the book doesn't exist, I guess I have to write it. And that's while Mm. I was in the middle of my graduate school and wow. yeah, I mean, it was when I look back on it, it was completely nuts. But but it made sense to me. So in my spare time, instead of going out and drinking or getting high or whatever it was students were doing, um, I was writing a book. And I wrote my first book, which is called Tree Medicine, Tree Magic. It's still in print, and um, mm. I sent it out. I think I have that book, by the way. Well, it's been around. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I but I didn't know that it's considered rude uh, f- to send your book out to more than one publisher. So I just wanted to get published. So I sent the manuscript right. to seven publishers and got accepted by four. Wow, <laughs> that <laughs> is great. Well, that there was, is... you know, now there you can find books now all over the place about, you know, spiritual uses of trees and all that. But there was nothing yeah. like that. The Tree Medicine, Tree Magic was literally the first one. And so I wrote about the medicinal properties. I wrote about the practical uses. Um, I wrote about the spiritual uses, magical uses of 
the all the different trees and these are trees that grow in New England they grow in northern Europe because those are the areas that I've lived in I I wouldn't presume to write a book about say desert plants you know or something like I mean I could only right. write about they you know write what you know is what they say so that was the first one and that's how it all started and then I've been doing it ever since and apparently it works because every <laughs> everything I've ever written has gotten published. So, and I always I hear people say, "Oh, it's impossible to get published," you know, but that has never been my experience. So, I can only think that it has to do with my karma or it has to do with my oh, yeah. astrology, <laughs> you know, something. Well, you're something alive. Like that. That's why I always tell people when they're wondering, I'm like, figure out your soul. But you know, and you kind of went with the the, the soul navigator. Your your curiosity and joy, you know, and I true listened. curiosity and joy. Yeah, I listened. listened. Yeah, because I've talked to other people, and I've, I mean, when I was a teenager during the Vietnam War, I remember thinking to myself, "Self, what are you going to do if civilization collapses?" <laughs> that was my thought. Right? Yeah. You don't know how to survive, and so. In the back of my mind, I always had this worry that I don't know how to survive. And so as soon as I was, you know, able, I started looking for teachers, for herb teachers. Um, And and I went to Scotland to Findhorn, and I studied there. Oh, you went to Findhorn. Oh, I love it. I lived there for for a whole summer, yeah. But, I mean, I always had... And I've asked other people, and I said, did you have that idea? And other people have said yes, but they didn't listen. They didn't follow up. That's the only difference between me and everybody else, is that when I get that inner voice, I listen. That's all I can say, you know? Mm. Yeah, I always say everything is floating around in the universe, and then if 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 it floats in front of us and we don't catch it, it'll it'll float over, you know, kind of like a balloon, and someone else will, ha- you know, get that idea. Or they're meant to bring it through. That's another thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, yeah, they're meant to. Yeah, you don't know what. Right. What your yeah. What their life someone path is. is. But I mean, yeah. I, I had I had, uh, I had lots of other ideas that I wish I had done something with, like. 30 years ago, I was thinking, wouldn't it be good to put herbs in tea bags so people could have herbal tea? <laughs> that was a thought that I had because um, those things didn't exist, you know. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then another time, another time I was thinking, well, how about making natural sodas that don't have chemicals and just have natural flavoring. I mean, these were things that I was that that I was coming up with, like you know, in the late seventies, and nobody was doing this. And I did I did sort of make an attempt to reach out, but nobody took me seriously because I was just a young woman and I wasn't a business person, and you know, so those went nowhere. But the books took off, so. Mm. Sometimes yeah. I look at it and what do you think of it? Sometimes we're ahead of the idea. The technology isn't there yet to do it, you know, or or a company kind of making that opening to make it happen. Um, and I think now with everything that's gone on, like the soil that's been tilled, you know, and, and, and prepped in fertilizer, 
mm. has made it now that there's so much more possible now. And there's the the technology, the avenues. And, you know, I was having a discussion with a, a friend, and we were talking about um, – well, their children, some of their children, I don't know, they're between 8 and 14, and, and they're going on and on about how the great ideas and kids and this, and, oh, they have their own business. And then I, I'm like, well, yeah, because it's easy, and also there's, there's avenues for it, TikTok, YouTube. There's, and I go, we had lemonade stands. I mean, mm-hmm. now, you know what I mean? <laughs> now the kids, I've seen lemonade stands in my neighborhood with little kids and the par- and they've got the Venmo. They're not don't give me your dollar, you know, two dollars, yeah. three dollars. They got the Venmo for twenty dollars. <laughs> you know, they've got the scanners. Oh, scan it. It goes into my, um, you know, corporation or my, you know, dot org, <laughs> and I'm I'm taking a percentage for running it and the, the school. And I'm like, yeah, we. I had great ideas at that age too, and but I was like. Who did you talk to? The bank wasn't going to give me a loan, and my parents were like, "Oh, that's great, Michelle. You can, you know, start now." And by the time you're when 20, I, when I was when I was in my twenties, women couldn't even get a bank account. You had to have your husband's signature oh, or your father's signature. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Well, see, I, re- oh. I mean, that was so insulting. I I I cried. <sighs> I went to the bank with my husband because I wanted to open a bank account, and they talked to him, and they made sure that he signed all the documents. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, oh I couldn't my God, Ellen. believe it! I couldn't believe it. So yeah, like a that co-signer, was, like a co-signer. Yes. Yeah, women were not allowed to have their own credit card or their own bank account, and that was in the early seventies. Yeah, is not it was, that long ago. That is no. not that long ago. Wow. And I hate to say it, but the way some people are going these days, <laughs> that could happen again, but I, don't get me started. Um, yeah, I like, know. Yeah. Well, not just for women. Anybody that says something that some somebody that doesn't like, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're, you no could kidding. You could be uh, deplatformed, defunded, and de, de- banked. I guess they call it now. Like, oh, they're debanked. I'm like, oh, God, I hope that doesn't become a – vernacular in the dictionary now (laughs) oh my god how yeah Yeah. oh well (laughs) true admit i know well guess what ellen we're on for the ride it's happening it's the the i just told my neighbor this morning we're talking i go the toothpaste cannot go back in the tube unless you split it open put it in and then have some adhesive but it's still you know so yeah we're i think the thing that what you know, is is the sacred mystery, which of course you you live in that space also, and you, you write about it. Um, I think that's going to be the way of of coping, you know, and 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 making sense and understanding oneself and what's going on is spirit, spirituality, and I don't mean necessarily religion because I feel breakdowns there. Um, but even like help, you know, your own care, which I know you would know as a herbologist and a, a homeopath, uh, which I'm a big proponent of that. I use, you know, I have my my certain potions and herbs, and I know, you know, when something's coming on, what's going on. Take this, take that. Self care, mm-hmm. um, which I love. You know, I love doing that. But I think people are going to have to kind of know more about themselves their true self. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, if you 
if you pay too much attention to what's going on in the outer world, it will drive you mad. Um, so mm-hmm. you must pay attention to your inner self. That's that, As you said, that's the best thing that you can do. I mean, you do need to be aware of what's going on in the outer world enough so that you can vote and vote in some good people, hopefully, and, you know, the country doesn't disappear. But um, <laughs> but if you pay mm-hmm. too much attention, if you... If you obsess about it, you know, um, it's going to make you crazy. So because we're, I mean, this is a very fraught time. We've been through a terrible time. We've been through a major pandemic. Um, That hasn't happened for 100 years. So everybody who made it through and is still alive, you need to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm a survivor, you know, because you did survive. And that's a big deal. And you got through a really difficult thing. And now there's other craziness going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you, you need to just be like a lotus floating on the on the surface of the water or like a swan. Yeah, <laughs> and I think doing what you can where you can and know if you are making a difference in a small way. You know, I'm, I'm big on little ripples, whatever the little yeah, ripples. Yeah, try to make try to make the world a better place you know volunteer at the local food bank i did that for years you know just Mm. find little things that you can do um and you know i i run rituals online you know nothing nobody pays for any of it you know if Mm. if you're on facebook uh tribe of tribe of the oak public forum is a good place to start um tribe of the oak is my druid group and um we we offer they're very soothing very healing druidic rituals eight times a year mm-hmm. online because we have members all over the world Ireland all over Canada the U S Mexico we I mean we have people yeah just all England Scotland everywhere so the only way that we can come together you know is to be online which is right that's cyber druids <laughs> you know yeah but, I love uh, it I love it I mean. Well, and if you think about it, that amplifies the energy, whether Ethernet or Wi-Fi, you know, everybody, and, and you're getting people all over the world, mm-hmm. that energy that's radiating out from what you're doing is is reaching more, you know. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. Our next one is November 5th, Sunday, November 5th. And, uh, again, if you go to Tribe of the Oak Public Forum, on Facebook, um, you can join us, and we we always have to figure out what time to do it. So the time oh, that yeah. seems yeah, so it seems like noon yeah. Eastern, which is five p.m. in Ireland. That seems like the best time noon, which would be nine a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, so oh, nine a.m. Yeah. On, on the West Coast. 10 Mountain, 11 Central, 12 Eastern, 5 right. p.m. Now you're in, on the Eastern Coast, right? So you're doing an yes. Eastern Coast? Okay, Eastern Coast. I'm in Massachusetts, yeah. Okay, that's right, okay. Now, how did you um, connect connect in with um, Judaism? Well, um, I was born in Austria, and my mother was an artist, and she was very interested in archaeology. 
And mm-hmm. um, I was born in the 1950s, and there were a lot of digs going on at the time, um, and mm-hmm. they were finding Celtic graves and Celtic jewelry and Celtic ironwork, and she was fascinated by all of that. So when I was little, she would talk about the Celts, and the thing I remember picking up from her, she w- she was so respectful about the ancient Celts. You know, when she talked about the Celts, you could tell I mean, it wasn't so much what she was saying, but it was the incredible respect that she had for them. And mm-hmm. I promptly forgot about it, never thought about it, you know, um, until I was in my 30s. And um, and I heard, I was living in Philadelphia, I heard Celtic music for the first time. And um, and then I had a, an herbal, a full-time herbal practice and one of my clients came to me, and I was taking her case, and she said she had met a druid, and that was the first time I'd ever heard that word spoken out loud. And as soon as I heard the word, I knew. I just knew. And so this was before the Internet, so I had to spend a couple of years looking for druids, and then I finally found yeah. druids. Yeah. And, um, and, and they're, not easy. That... they're not easy. You have to really want to find them. <laughs> Well, these not, days uh, there's this there's this thing called Google. <laughs> you can yeah, you can but, Google druids now, but back then you couldn't. You know, and then, no, again, no. there weren't there weren't really books weren't, no. out. You know, so I was on the ground floor. I was one of the first members of you know various groups and. I went on to found or co-found a number of groups, and Tribe of the Oak I founded, and I was Archdruid until just a few months ago, and I happily passed the Archdruidship over to somebody else, a new person, um, because uh, I just wanted to put more focus on myself, my own path, you know, but... Mm. What do you mean? You passed on what? Say that again. You passed on the arch druid ship. Oh, you did. The arch, oh, yeah, yeah oh, the arch druid oh. is like the the person in charge of everything, you know. Yeah, and I've, right. I, yes, and I know. I've been doing that for thirty years, and I finally said, oh, I, so you I don't just need pass to pass that on. Okay. Yeah, I passed it on to somebody else. I said, here, you can have it, you know, and and she's doing a good job. She's. It's a female, another female archdruid, which is great. We have men and women, um, but I'm very happy that it's a woman, and she's mm-hmm. doing really well. So um, now it's on her shoulders. <laughs> well, and that's kind of something new of having women in those positions too. When yes, that, that is. Because that was, yeah, because yes, it really, it, yeah. Well, I that's I've been looking into that because I have another book coming out next May called Celtic Druidry, um, which is mm-hmm. a, a a handbook about the Druid path. But um, one of the things that I talk about in there is how, until very recently, most Druid leaders, in fact, all of them, practically all of them, were men. They were always yeah. men. And that's been for hundreds of years. And mm-hmm. only in like the last uh, decade or so, all of a sudden, the the various groups, all ha- except for one major group, and I'm very disappointed <laughs> in them, but everybody else now has a female archdruid, 
which is really interesting. Um, yeah, the, at the same time that our country is going backwards in terms of women's rights and um, bodily autonomy and all that, the Druids are going the other way, you know, and women are gaining more uh, positions of power, which is great. Mm-hmm. Now, was that like a con? Do you think was that a conscious decision? Like we need to have women or allow women, or did it, did someone or did it just happen? Do you know? Well, I don't think it just happened. I think people finally realized, and any any religious group. Any spiritual group, if you look at it, and I don't care if it's Catholic, Protestant, whatever, the the practical work, if you look carefully, is most Mm -hmm. often done by women. Yeah, the people that that keep everything going, you know, Um, and everything's that's just been taken for granted, you know, for for hundreds and hundreds of years. That oh, the women are going to clean up. The women are going to do the the finances. Yeah. They're going to answer the, the phone. organizing, <laughs> you know. the scheduling, the booking, the clean. Yeah, the never thought of it that way, Ellen. The bag yeah. sales. Yeah, it's always the women. And even yeah. Pope Francis is starting to realize that he he. I don't know if it's still going on, but he's had a, a a conclave going on, and for the first time they invited women. So, <laughs> you know, for the wow, Catholic Church, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really big deal. But it's still only like 20% women making the decisions, 80% yeah. men. But he re- he even recognized that wait a minute, we have a problem here, you know. So so women have always been you know holding everything up. And the mm-hmm. men have been the speakers, you know, they've been the the ones that you could see um mm-hmm. in the forefront. Um, and getting the credit and getting the attention and getting the status and all, while the women were making that possible. So I think what's happened is finally people have said that the people that are doing the work deserve the recognition. I think that's, and that's so true. All major religions, it's been that way. Even when I spent time, you know, um, Far East and. and Studying Hinduism, Buddhism, it's the same thing. You know, it was, in fact, you had to cross the street. You know, I got in, almost got in trouble because I was going to give the the monk, the, the Buddhist monk, some money in his begging bowl. And I was, you know, the person that was taking us around was admonishing me that I could send him back 1,500 years if I didn't cross the street <laughs> and let my friend, who was a man, give the money. And I was oh my goodness! Like, oh yeah, they're very. When you do the deep dive, I don't care what religion it is or it's the dog Judaism. They, they, the women are like, you know, relegated but, to the back of the bus, and 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 the guy. Oh, you and I was told you don't know what kind of images he's going to see in you. And I was looking at the guy going, well, I'm not seeing those images, <laughs> sexual images. Well, about Judah, him, Judaism, so, you, know. you know, Judaism has female rabbis. I mean, they don't have a problem with that. Reformed Judaism, I should say, not reformed, the Orthodox. But I'm ta- but reformed. Yeah. yeah, they have female reformed, rabbis. Not the Orthodox. Yeah, I'm talking more the main. You know, um, I don't know if, what I would call it. More, I can't think of the word right now. But yeah, and still in something, you know, instead being able to study. Uh, the Torah. So again, reformed, yes, but 
and that's a whole whole other topic. But oh, I'm glad used, to hear yeah, that. There right? used to be a, a rule that that women were not allowed to study Kabbalah. A man oh, yeah. couldn't a man couldn't study it until he was forty and had children, and then he yeah. could study it. But women weren't even allowed to look at it. <laughs> no, and now I remember now, I had. Now you can. The mid nineties, I think it was mid to late mid nineties. I did. I had a traditional Kabbalah teacher. I said a lot of different things and. It was a big hoo-hoo and to-do for me to even go to the groups. I think there was only one other woman. Yeah. Um, and then me, you know, working, you know, one-on-one or studying, apprenticing. Um, but uh, I think he might have even gotten permission. or it was, it was just starting to be a thing. And I know in the 90s, mid-90s, that's when I was in England, All there was only one woman in that Druid conclave or circle well circle but also the the group the governing all of them were men all of them were men yeah. and um well okay so for so you to say that and to start your and to start your own circle well oh, not, yeah. you don't just have a circle you have a whole um no i have an order <laughs> an order but, you have but, a whole order okay so, yeah so what happened was the the druid revival which started in the 1700s both in France mm-hmm. and in England, was started by Masons. And the Masons were all men. Women weren't allowed mm. to be Masons. So, oh, I mean, very that's, famous okay. Masons, like, like William Blake, the poet Will, William Blake, he was yeah. a Druid. Winston Churchill was a Druid. Uh, they, but it was they were all men. And um, it yeah. wasn't until fairly recently that in, in those uh, they're, they're in those kinds of of uh, re, uh, revival. I call them the British Revival Druids. Was it's only very mm. recently that women have been involved. But American Druidism is different. Um, I mean, there were Druids here as early as the 1800s, but they were uh, a charity group kind of like the shriners something like that oh Um, okay i didn't know that yeah but but around the 70s was when the american druid uh the current druid revival really got going and the other thing that i was um kind of i didn't realize it was kind of i don't know if i want to shock this kind of a surprise or just pause gave me pause with how conservative and how the the Druids, at least that I met, were a lot of them in governmental, societal, mm-hmm. co- you know, community um, judges, you were dealing, bankers. You're, yeah, you were dealing with Masonic Romantic Revival uh, Druids. That's what we call them. Um, their lineage goes back, like I said, to the 1700s when they were all Masons okay. and they were all men. And that kind of Druid group tends to be upper class. Yes. yes. And very, very conservative. Formal, very conservative, very formal, very upper class, nice white robes, which no traditional Druid yes. in the Iron Age ever wore because if you've ever tried wearing a white robe walking through the woods... Yeah. Maybe dirty in two <laughs> seconds. They would say, "Yeah." <laughs> no, we. I mean, we know that the. That's not the way the druids dressed. There's only one ritual where they dressed in white, and that was the gathering of the mistletoe, 
And the mistletoe mm-hmm. has white berries, and I'm fairly certain, although this wasn't written down, but I'm fairly certain they were wearing white just to honor the mistletoe because it was mm-hmm. sacred. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you don't walk around in white robes. That's like the last thing you want to do. So they were mm-hmm. the English, British, Romantic, Revival Druids uh, actually look like a bunch of Egyptians. They're dressed like Egyptian priests and priestesses. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just a whole other thing. But um, yeah, now let me yeah. ask you because when you study the the lineage, it does seem that it came through Egypt, France, like Normandy when France wasn't France. And then came up through, um, was it Britain or early, you know, which later became Britain. Is that true? Is that is has anybody been able to track the origin origination? Well, there are people who will tell multiple? you that that it goes back to the Stone Age, which I don't believe. But no, I mean you have to get into the Celtic Druidism was part of the Celtic culture. Culture, um, yeah. Yeah, the Druids were the Brahmins. They were the priests. They were the priestesses. There were female Druids. In fact, if anybody's interested, there's an article that you can Google that I wrote called Female Druids. So just Google Female Druids, Ellen Everett Hopman, and <laughs> and it'll come up. But um, the Celtic culture was Indo-European, so it's the same culture that you see in India. It's like you have to think of the a whole swath of culture going from India all the oh, way to wow. Ireland. Yeah, so in India you have the Brahmins, which in Celtic culture right. are the, like the Druids. Then you have, right. in India, you have the Kshatriya, which are the warriors, and then in Celtic culture you have the warriors. And then you have the farmers and producers, both in India and in Celtic culture. And then in India, you have the Sudra or the untouchables. In Celtic culture, you have slaves. Okay. So, but the difference in ancient times was n- nobody was frozen into those castes. You could move up oh, or down the social you ladder. You could move around. You could be. Yeah, if you got more training, more education, oh. you you became you went up the social ladder. If you behaved badly, you went down the social ladder, and that was true mm-hmm. in India as well. Um, but so it wasn't fixed like a caste system, because that's what right. kind of gets communicated that it's fixed. It, you know, well, you're a bard, it, it, you're a druid, you're a, a the priest. The reason it got frozen in. Yeah, it froze in India because they got invaded. There were the Muslim invasions in the ninth century, and when a culture gets invaded, it gets it gets hard, it gets conservative and hard, in order to protect itself. And that's what happened to the Hindus. And then the Celts, of course, were, you know, we had this nasty little episode when the Romans came in and and uh, overran France or Gaul, that area. Um, and pretty much destroyed the culture, and then they tried really hard to conquer Britain, but they never got to Scotland in the north. They never got to Ireland, um, but they tried, but they didn't, you know, that they had to go back to Rome. You know, the culture petered out, um, the Roman culture petered out. But anyway, the, the Druids, because the Romans never destroyed the Irish Druids or the northern Scottish Druids, um, the, mm. the traditions persisted, and most people are not aware of this. Most people think Druids are all English for some reason, but 
there's a lot of writings, and in my book that's coming out next May, Celtic Druidry, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about a lot of those writings. We still have the tribal laws. We still have um, the wisdom tales. We have wisdom poetry. Mm. You know, we we have a lot in the Irish tradition. You have to in look the Irish at the tradition. Irish tradition. Yeah, because yeah, things were I written down. Yeah, I knew they down. were the Irish. Well, that's the Celt. Yeah, the Celt. Boy, we'll have to have you back for that for sure. Um, but but we yeah, should, we should talk about the we should talk about the the book that just came out though. That's what I'm just was my question. So t- <laughs> that was just my, that was that was that was just I'm looking at it now and going because um, there's such a wealth of not just knowledge but you know interesting knowledge, Ellen. Interesting knowledge. Perfect timing. Um, she shared this with a friend of mine, the book, uh, Sacred Herbs of Yule and Christmas. Um, let's t- touch upon that a little bit because it's perfect timing for that. What are some of the sacred herbs for one? That's a bit, a bit curious about that. Well, there's obvious ones like, like pine. People think of pine, mm-hmm. you know, things that, Christmas trees. Um, I write about the origin of the Christmas tree. I write about um, the medicinal. Again, it's the medicinal, the magical properties of of all the various herbs associated with Christmas and Yule. And um, I, there's a lot of recipes in there for foods, for drinks. And then I give. It's it's really fun because I give the magical properties of everything. Say you want to make a drink. Uh, I'll I'll talk about all the ingredients and then the magical properties of all the ingredients that go into the drink. So you can just make it as a drink, which you can share with your um, your family or at a party, something like that. Or you can think of it as a potion, and you can make yourself a magical potion. <laughs> you know, for example. Uh, Lemons and oranges are are associated with the sun, and and Christmas is really around the winter solstice. So, by drinking lemons and oranges at that time, you're you're bringing solar energy in. You know, that's just one example. But I mean, I talk about rosemary, bay laurel, holly, ivy, um, bayberry, boxwood, all these things. You, if you make a wreath to go on your door, mistletoe. If you're making a wreath. What are the magical properties of the herbs that you're using in your wreath that you're hanging on the door? Mm-hmm. You know, what energy are you bringing into the house as you come and go? You know, that kind of thing. Um, One of the things, well, a couple of things, when I was reading um, your book, I was thinking sacredness, you know, the ritual and making, but also fun. Like, I could have a party and do this or, you know, have friends over or with family. And so there was, there mm-hmm. is this whole intentionality in the book and the sacredness of the ritual, but also fun and celebration. And I frankly thought, oh, my God, this is a great, also not just for me, but a great gift idea um, for anyone, but especially if someone entertains a lot, it really, you give some really Good celebratory ideas. Um, so I, I found yeah, that I, t- I, I talk about ways to to make decorations for the house. Um, mm-hmm. I give little chants so that if you're going to make a, a potion or a brew, you can chant while you're stirring it. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I see. I mean, it was so fun, and and all the examples, you give quite a, you know, a lot of examples. It really kind of gives you a whole theme around something. And I was thinking, oh, you know, people are starting to gather more again and and being more with friends and family. And I I think most importantly, even if people were gathering before, now there seems to be some kind of – I don't know, well, a little bit of sentimentality, but also appreciation for each other or wanting to celebrate, you know, gathering or friendships or creating something or cooking. And I thought this really gives an added dimension mm-hmm. to gathering. Yeah, there's so many recipes in the book, um, meals mm-hmm. that you can cook. And I, and I also have a section where I divide it by cultures, so if, if you have Polish ancestry, you can look up the Polish section, and I list what would be in a traditional Polish Christmas dinner and how it would be done. You know, you wait until the first star appears in the sky, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, recipes. Of, if you're German, there's a whole German section. If you're Spanish, there's a Spanish section. You know, there's South American uh, section. I mean, Scandinavian, you know, how to make your rice pudding or grain mm-hmm. porridge, you know, how to make an offering to to the Nyssa, you know, the, the Christmas elves, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, culture by culture. Uh, so, I mean, it would be fun to work with kids, I would think, um, if you wanted to teach traditions from a specific culture. If you're Greek, uh, I talk about the Greek spirits. There's a lot of spirits that come out of the under, underground in Greek tradition and things that you're supposed to do to protect yourself from them. And if you're British, I, you know, I talk about Yule logs and and uh, wassailing and um, wassailing the trees, you know, singing to the trees and making libations, you know, making an alcoholic drink and pouring, offering some to the trees and everybody else taking some and... <laughs> You know, going to your neighbor's house if you want with the wassail bowl. And, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's just a lot of things you can do. Yeah, it gives you a lot of great ideas and also, though, like a, a blueprint. You have a blueprint from which to, you know, make it your own to create something. And uh, But I found it, yeah, sacred, but I also found it kind of fun, you know, the idea of celebration, like, this can be fun. This can be fun to do this, or this could be fun to learn about this and try this, or integrate this in what we we usually do. So, Ellen, I think I know you're so busy, but you should have your own podcast, a visual podcast with all the cooking and ritual and everything. Just something to think about. <laughs> if I knew how to do it, I mean, <laughs> I, Move I need over a pet, those I, cooking shows. We need to look uh, with the, your ritual and the show. Yeah, I mean, I need a the visual because your book is very visual too. You need a what? A twelve-year-old because twelve-year-olds know how to use uh, cameras and phones and. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so many people do. No, it's not age specific. And once you get, you're so curious. Listen, if you can find the druids and align with them and become, you know, the head of the order, you could, you'll figure it out. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I think because also your book is very visual. You know, really, as I, you're reading the how you describe, how you word things and describe things, it really pops off the page. 
So I also yeah. have um, full color illustrations of the plants and mm-hmm. um, and Christmas spirits, elves and fairies and all that. So that's all in there. And there's even a picture so of, of Victoria and Albert. Yeah, of course people can get your book at the usual places. Um, let everyone know what's the, what's the best way to reach you, connect with you if they want to know more about you and the book. Okay, well, if they want to see my books, because I think I have 16 in print right now. I always lose track. Mm-hmm. But, my, but my website yeah. is dot com. That's E-L-L-E-N, Ellen, Everett, E. V as in Victor, E-R-T, Everett, Hopman, H-O, P as in Paul, M-A-N, dot com. And uh, you can see all my books there, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble um, or Simon & Schuster. um, Mm. But but just put my name in, and all the stuff will pop up. All the stuff (laughs) pops up. Ellen, this has been informative, insightful, and fun. I really enjoyed connecting with you and everything that you've had to share, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing with us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoyed it, too. Yeah, I was at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to fan out, look what she knows and what she's done. I love it. I love it. You definitely have done a deep dive, and... um, yeah, I think the book is, is is a great addition to anybody's library. Thank you, Ellen. Come back soon. Take care. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, so lights. Those of you that are with us still, I see a lot of people in the queue. Um, how fun! She really is like a wealth of information. I mean, sixteen books. Um, when I read through them, just Secret Medicines from Your Garden, The Real Riches of New England, Scottish Herbs and Fairy Lore, A Druid's Guide of Herbal of Sacred Tree Medicine, A Druid's Herbal for the Sacred Earth Year, Children's Herbal, so yeah. And her most recent one, Sacred Herbs of Yule and Christmas. And i got to tell you, it I think it could be, I don't care, on your own, with friends, family. Um, very cool book, very cool book. A lot of um, potions and recipes. Not just rituals. The rituals are fun and, you know, tying it into other, um, you know, maybe other cultures, but also the potions, you know, the, the herbs and what they're good for and um the illustrations are great, the color illustrations, but also I feel the way that she just worded stuff. I just didn't feel it was heavy. Sometimes these kind of books can be kind of heavy with so much information. I don't know. For some reason, hers felt light. Um, anyway, thank you all for being here. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, um, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, you can email us at awakeningspodcast at gmail dot com and it'll get to me and we'll bring it in to the podcast um yeah and also thank you thank you thank you those of you that have subscribed to awakenings with michelle mache podcast on youtube and soul insights and tarot 
on YouTube. Thank you so much for taking the time. And if you, those of you that have subscribed, um, if you have time and feel like it, leave a little hello that you know me from you know the Awakenings podcast. Leave me a hello in the comments. All right, everyone, lots of love and light to you. Continue to shine your light, share your insights, and, of course, keep awake. I'm Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you awake?